We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. No Jack Manuel, but we have special guest, Saint of Nets Kingdom. Saint, how we doing? What's up? I'm doing good, Nick. Four in a row. Great. Yeah, four in a row. Nice win over the Raptors, 114-105. Score a little closer than we wanted to be at the end, but still taking care of business and building some momentum and climbing up in the standings. Now a half a game out of the fifth seed. So, the Nets are making some moves. We're going to jump into this game and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But, Saint, I guess what stuck out to you the most about that first quarter start for the Nets in which they dominate the Raptors 41-17? to Oh, man. The ball movement, bro. The ball movement. Um, everybody was playing within themselves. Nobody was trying to do anything too much. People were looking to get everybody involved. The energy on defense it helped that obviously the Toronto was not hitting their shots as we, and thank God. But I mean, what was it? A 40, 41 point. Yep. Um, 41 to 17. Yeah. I mean, come on. It, it just, it, that like, I, I think the biggest thing is that whatever they're doing in practice, whatever coach Vaughn is having them do, it, it just it looks like it's working. And this is the kind of basketball I've been wanting to see for quite a long time as a Nets fan, especially the last couple of seasons. And this morning, it, it just it, I'm, I'm sorry, this morning, that that first two court, it just it was beautiful basketball and just the ball movement and everybody pitching in is what stuck out the most to me. It, it really did. It was just beautiful to watch. Very in sync on both sides of the ball. Like you said, the passing was great. I thought, honestly, Kyrie was the one that really kind of led the charge with the way he was playing, super juiced up offensively, pushing the pace, trying to find his teammates, creating things, and then defensively locked in as a unit, you know, helping guys but not overhelping. Claxton and KD did a great job in the paint in that first quarter and just blocking shots, forcing some turnovers, getting some easy transition opportunities. And then Joe Harris just was cooking from three in that first quarter. And that's something we've been hoping. To <laughs> yeah. He must've seen like uh, people wanting to trade him tweets. So this was the, I don't want to get traded game. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's it, as much crap as people give Joe. I mean, let's be honest when Joe is on, it makes us a ridiculously good team. Like yeah. it just the spreading of the offense you can't leave him alone. 
if he's hitting, the rest of the team's hitting. It's like as much as we get frustrated and maybe, hey, he does have that contract that gets us the big that we may need. But at the same time, when Joe's on, it always seems to be pretty like it, it just seems to be beautiful basketball with the Nets is the best way to say it. Yeah, he's just one of those guys on the team that can punish, you know, some of the extra attention that Katie and Kyrie receive. And we know Nick Nurse loves to send exotic defenses at Kevin Durant, in which he did tonight. And that led to Joe getting some really good looks. Finished with 17 points, 6 of 8 from the field, 5 of 7 from 3, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, uh, no t- 1 turnover. He did foul out of this one, but... I like the aggressiveness in which he's playing defensively. Like, you, he's not being as timid. You know, earlier, you know, just a week ago, probably, he was kind of sitting back and letting guys attack him. I think he's doing a better job of trying to crowd the opposing team and just kind of get in their face a little bit and understanding where the help is coming from. So it's a great sight to see when he's knocking down threes. And I thought, you know, the Raptors kind of underplayed him a little bit, giving him too many open shots. Yeah, and too much he did a- They gave him too much space. And he capitalized. And, you know, if he continues to hit at this rate, now it's going to become one of those guys that the gravity is back up. And now the spacing improves even a little bit more for this team. Yeah, I mean, his footwork tonight, I have to admit, was a lot better. He looked a lot quicker out there because that has been the biggest thing for me watching Joe so far coming back from his ankle surgery. It's just he you could tell he looked slow he didn't have the lift on his shot it was and then he would try to overcorrect it with probably upper body so it would clank off but whatever's happened in the last couple of games he's found his rhythm maybe the legs maybe the ankles we're getting a little stronger he's finding his groove which is a great thing um and they look smooth the shots looked smooth they didn't look forced um yeah i mean i'm here for it I, i'm okay i've always had a soft spot for joe um, so I'm okay. I'm happy for it. I mean, I'm happy for him because it only makes the Nets better when Joe plays better. Yeah, I think it's a great point saying with the footwork, you know, you're seeing more lift on the jumper tonight, especially on that one where he kind of came running down and hit at the, the top of the key. That was huge. And then just no hesitation. You know, that's going to be exactly. something that's important. And like we said, this is just a huge element to the team. But I think going to Kyrie Irving in this one, which this might be my favorite Kyrie Irving game of the season, finished with 27 points, 10 to 17 from the field, two of five from three, five of seven from the field, five rebounds, five assists, two steals, four turnovers. It was really the energy that he played with that stuck out for me. What'd you like from Kyrie tonight? I like that he played within the system that first half was what the, like one of the things that you brought up before, like what stood out and. There were so many things that stood out, but Kyrie played really within the system in that first half, and it just it worked. And it it I don't know if I'm overreaching on this one or not, but I noticed that like when Kyrie he seemed to get the whistle more playing within the system and going like where it would wind up where he'd be able to go to the rack after the ball moving around, he seemed to get the whistle more with people like having to correct their defense, whereas in comparison when he's ISO, maybe it's just the refs haven't been kind to him, but it always seems like when he goes ISO, ISO, he always prepares like he's dodging you before he even dribbles when he's in ISO mode. So by the time he gets to the hoop, he's avoided seven people, but playing within the system, it seems to make the players have to, like, you know what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Yep. They're playing catch-up 100%. defense. And it catches them off guard, and they wind up fouling him. So it was like to see him actually get to the line like that, because I think most of his free throws came in the first half. Um, and in comparison where he had to be Kyrie, had to be a little more ISO 
because things were just, you know, either foul trouble on players or whatever it was. So to me, loved it. Efficient game from Kyrie. It was exactly what we needed from him because Kevin Durant, well, I, I wouldn't even say he wasn't efficient. It's just the defense that you knew Toronto and Nick Nurse were going to play on him. It just kept him out of the game as much as you wanted him to be in. So it was nice to really see the rest of the squad, especially Kyrie, step up and uh, and 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 I don't want to say carry, but carry, carry, Katie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He was a superstar in the system, within the system tonight. And like you said, you know, Kyrie's already extremely difficult to defend. When you give him a slight advantage, be it one step, he's going to blow by you. And I thought he did a great job of just driving in this game. You know, and it wasn't always to just score. Sometimes it was to just break down the defense and get things moving. And then the ball would find its way back to him and he'd end up with a good shot. This is, he just, this is easily the best he's looked since coming back from the suspension. And like I said, I just thought energy-wise, even defensively, the mentality in which he played tonight was awesome. And if he can continue this, I mean, it, it just ascends the ceiling of this team. Because like you mentioned, you know, KD got an exotic defense. He got the high double teams. He got all that different attention. The Raptors were definitely doing some weird things, trying to get the ball out of his hands. And, you know, in the past, there's been times when the Nets can't punish those teams. Well, Kyrie did, Joe Harris did, and some of these other guys really stepped up. So this is a performance you love to see. You know, how many times can we say, you know, Kevin Durant didn't score 20 points, but the Nets still won in a convincing fashion? Yeah, you almost had seven guys in double figures. I think that's been something that I am liking with this team so far since Vaughn has taken over is it you're definitely seeing more guys get more points closer to uh, multiple play, excuse me multiple players in double figures and I noticed that tonight um especially I mean Claxton getting involved Royce O'Neal was hitting a few threes like uh, Joe Harris was a huge like Joe Harris doesn't hit those shots like you know do I think we could still win it but it's just you know Royce and Joe Harris hitting their threes were clutch tonight because everybody yep. else was not that great from three tonight. Like Kyrie was two for five, but everybody else was either one for two or oh four. So it's like, yeah, man, I I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And I wasn't even upset at the end of the game watching because you knew Toronto was going to come back um, in that second half. You just knew it. And the the great thing was to see the Nets hold on. Uh, and not give in and even lose the lead a little bit, lose some lead, and then push it back. Obviously, you know what happens in the end of the game. It's just a clock game. But, yeah, man, overall, I'm extremely happy with, with the play from this team. Yeah, 27 assists tonight. And like you mentioned, we got eight threes from Joe Harris and Royce O'Neal combined. The team made 11 as a whole. So those guys knocking down those shots because that's something the Raptors are going to live with, with the attention they started giving to the stars in this game. So the ball movement is there. Guys are just finding a way to have a, a be a threat. And that's a huge factor. And at times last season, that was an issue. You know, there's just so many players that weren't a threat, weren't a threat from three or just weren't able to score the basketball. But talking about a guy who can score the basketball, TJ Warren played his first game in 700 yes, days. Nets debut finished with 10 points, 5-11 from the field, 0-2 from three, had four rebounds, three offensive, also had a steal in there, knocked down his first shot of the game. Really happy to see TJ out there in healthy. What did you think of him tonight? That shot looked beautiful. I know he was 5 for 11, but that first shot, like, I I said I wasn't even, (laughs) because I was doing a Twitter space earlier in the day, and I said, you know what, I'm not even really worried about his shot. I was curious about his footwork like how he was going to be moving around the court. And to see him attack the rim a couple times, 
moving around comfortably. Um, I didn't think he was over, like, I didn't think, I was expecting him to be slow. And he wasn't, yeah. I mean, he wasn't slow. Like the footwork was there. The shot, the shot was there for a good part of it. I think some of it is just maybe transition. He was getting uh, some defense on him at times. So like, I'm not concerned, but overall, like just his size alone and, and his ability to hit a shot and immediately the defense could not ignore him. Um, yeah. He, he's another one of those players that I think is it just it makes me excited. Um, I think this is probably our best bench that we've had in two seasons in the last like couple seasons. Um, TJ Warren, thank God, like great. Good for him. It's a feel good story to know that you haven't played that long since the bubble and you're back in and you can just tell he was excited to be out there. The energy was there. His mechanics of his shot look good. And he looks good just moving around. Um, he's going to be great for us, man. As, as long as this guy stays healthy, I mean, he's going to help. And I don't know what the Nets are going to do, obviously, the big man. But here's another guy that can rebound. Yeah. Right? Like, that three was the other thing. Three offensive boards. Yeah, three offensive boards. Like, some th there's three less second-chance points, right? Like, you add somebody, and then when Utah comes back, it's like, and Ben is back. It's like... It makes me feel less worried about whether we get that exact center that we want. You know, maybe we get somebody else, but it just here's another player that is a, a you I consider a defensive wing. He is a three and D guy, and he's just he. The bottom line, he's going to help shore up those rebounds, and, and I'm I'm happy. I I, I almost kind of couldn't. <laughs> I had that big smile on my face like when you get that present. Yep. From <laughs> like during Christmas, or it was like. It was like, ooh, a new toy. But, like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm super excited for TJ. I think he's going to be a great fit for this team. Yeah, you love what he brings in his first game back in 700 days, in his first game with That's the right, Nets. 700, oh, my God. And, like, he's only going to go up from here. You know, the three-point shot looked a little off, which is expected. You know, you work your way out in terms of shooting. And you can just see potentially what he can bring. And you mentioned at the beginning of that is he just is another threat. You know, you can't leave him out there. And he handles the basketball. He makes the right decisions. And the touch is going to improve. And defensively, I think he's solid being a big body out there. Having a guy like this is a, a nice luxury off the bench. You know, you're bringing Seth Curry and TJ Warren off the bench. You know, TJ is a guy that's gone for 50 in the past, could easily drop 20 or 30 on any night. We've seen Seth drop 29 this season. Just those are two guys that are coming off your bench and can get hot if you know katie or Kyrie are having an off night so just awesome for him awesome for the nets and when this team gets fully healthy there's going to be weapons and guys are going to be fighting for minutes because there's a lot of talent here but we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's move to Kevin Durant because it feels wrong to not talk about him <laughs> from the start. 17 points, 6 of 10 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3, 5 of 6 on the free throw line, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 blocks, 2 turnovers. And as we mentioned, Toronto made sure if they lost this game, it wasn't going to be because of Kevin Durant. Nope. I mean, and you know, it was it was nice to see Kevin get picked up and, and be able to enjoy watching the rest of his team and get involved like the, his the squad today really picked up and i don't even look at his like picking up his slack or anything like i even when you read those notes that's not a terrible game right it's not yeah. obviously a, a kevin durant game but it's like if you've been watching the nets and you've been watching kevin durant against good coaches i mean this is the game plan that they play him and the fact that he was able to limit turnovers because we've seen where other coaches uh, obviously the boston series other things where coaches have double double teamed and triple teamed like and it's led to a lot of turnovers and the one thing that i've noticed that this year with kevin durant is that he has been able to recognize and pass better out of the double or triple team or you know just when when the other team is playing great defense on him he's able to get that ball out quicker get it to the right person get the ball movement going um, I'm, I just felt it was great. It, it just made me feel good that he got to just be able to kick back for 37 minutes and not have to overexert himself, but still give you a great defensive game, seven assists. I mean, it, he carried the team in assists. So it just shows you where, where his mindset was at this game because of how he was being played. He just got everybody involved and said, Hey, I'm here for defense. People have been saying, oh, he needs to do more on defense. I was talking to people the other day. Can he just rebound more? And can he just, you know, it's like, come on. What How much can this you ask guy to do? do? <laughs> exactly, bro. Like, Yeah, I mean, the nine boards tonight was huge. Seven assists. And like you mentioned, the two turnovers is huge, considering the attention he received in this game. And there's been games mm -hmm. in the past, like you said, you know, he's turned over the ball, had trouble reading the defense. Also, credit to his teammates. I thought they did a better job of kind of finding those openings and giving him a release valve. Where in the past, they've kind of just stood still. So not a game that we're going to remember and write in the record books for KD, but still a solid performance. Yeah. Moving over to Royce O'Neal, 11 points, 4-9 from the field, 3-6 from 3, 0-2 from the free throw line, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 3 turnovers. What would you think of Royce tonight? He's he's your every he's your every man thing, yep. every guy thing. You know what I'm saying? Like he he Some days he has better, I think tonight was a better three-point shooting team, a game for him. Um, but overall, he seems to be one of those guys that is going to be involved in rebounding, uh, assists, steals, like... I, I, some people have been giving him a hard time, but I, you know, and I don't even, I'm not even concerned about what we gave up to get him, but overall, I'm, I'm happy with Royce O'Neal on this team. He is a utility knife of a player, and I think he did, he played his part today. 
right? Yep. Like three turnovers. He didn't have any, he didn't do anything egregious. Like sometimes, yeah, does he get cooked on defense? But even today, I think his defense was actually pretty decent tonight. Um, he played within the system and he didn't try to try to do too much. I have like zero issue with Royce because you, you need players like this on your team, right? Yeah. You need a, You need a guy that is just going to get in there and keep the ball moving. And you know that if the ball hits the ground, he's going to hustle. He's not going to give up. So uh, zero issues with Royce. Decent game for him. Yeah, I think he's just a solid player. You know, pretty good at a lot of things, not amazing at anything, and that's okay. You know, he's asked to be the fifth starter, does a little bit of everything for the team. I think you mentioned defensively was a pretty good game for him because when he doesn't get tasked with guarding uh, some of those smaller, fast, quickie, quick twitch guards, he does a better job. You know, guys like Siakam and OG or even, you know, Boucher, he defended him a little bit in this game. He does a better job on those guys because he uses a little bit of his strength and he likes the physicality. So happy with the way Royce played. And he did a good job of picking his moments to shoot those threes. You know, it looks like he really likes those straight on threes. And you can almost tell from his hands when it's going to be a swish, especially when teams are giving him all the time in the world to get that release going. Exactly. You, the best that you said exactly what I was thinking and forgot to say was just, with these taller teams, it actually seems to be better for us with Royce because if you've watched him enough, he, he seems much better down um, in the paint defender than he is a perimeter guy. So in some respects, I wonder if he's like, okay, that's cool. I think I don't have to, you know, I don't have to guard Speedy Gonzalez tonight. Like I can yep. just, I, I'm cool. Yeah, yeah, give me OG. I'll, I'll, go, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Right. He at least slows him, tries to slow those type of guys down a little bit more. And um, it actually worked out better for us. Yeah. He gets to use a little bit of his strength and his body type. And I think that's big, kind of putting players in a position like, where I'm they sorry, can succeed. Kind of like Kyle, like Lauer, like some yeah. of those players. Yeah. Like even uh, what's his name on the Bucks? I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, their point guard. Um, oh, Javon I'm, Carter or Drew Holiday? Drew Holiday, yeah, another one of those guys that they can they they they're 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 a lot stronger than they than they may look, yep. And they great post defense, even if they get switched. I think that's the other thing I like about Royce is I'm not like unless it's on the perimeter, but for the most part, I'm not too concerned when he gets switched on, especially when it comes to like a bigger guy. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, especially against some of the lesser centers. He does a nice job. You know, he's not going to match up well against Joel Embiid, but, you yeah. know, the, the Raptors <laughs> centers and those guys, it's really not anybody who's going to be able to truly dominate him inside. But moving on to our center, Nick Claxton came up big in that fourth quarter with some clutch offensive rebounds and putbacks, finished the game with 15 points, 7 and 9 from the field, 1 and 2 from the free throw line, 9 rebounds, 3 offensive, 1 assist, 3 blocks, 0 turnovers, did have 5 fouls, but Clax was a presence in this game. Very much so. And the biggest thing that I I I took away from I, I know there's a ton of things you can say that he did during the game, but it, I, I thought he got a okay, yeah, he did have his blocks have become it, it that clearly he's 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 understanding the game defensively better because his blocks have just increased this season and they've been good, clean ones. They haven't been out of control. They haven't been resulting in too, too many fouls. But what really impressed me about Claxton tonight was that down the stretch, nine minutes to go, Toronto has the bonus, and he's got five fouls in that fourth quarter. And he does get set, but when he comes back in, like, 
he plays controlled. I, it looked like they tried to go at him, but he played with five fouls and had at least three or four straight possessions that were either putbacks, a rebound, defense like that. That's like hats off to Claxton because that's been some of my issues with him has been control and, a, you know, a little bit more concerned about showboating after a dunk. Yep. But it's like you got to give it to him because he played within himself and he did a great job containing in the energy and focusing on what he needed to do in that fourth quarter because they did get close. Without Claxton doing some of those things that he did towards the end of the game, I don't know. It, it could have been it could have been a three point game going down to the last minute or two. I mean, you have no idea. So kudos to him because he had a great finish to that game. Yeah, they were huge because the Nets offense got stale, and Clax was able to kind of keep that lead up with some of those putback dunks and. You just love the way he's playing right now. And as you mentioned, more under control. You know, this is a season or two ago. Clax probably plays 20 minutes and fouls out. You know, he's probably yeah. not he's probably not able to confine that rhythm. Another thing I really like from Clax in this game, you saw him do a couple fake dribble handoffs, was able to get to the rim and showcase his ability to handle the basketball and hit a layup. That was something nice. We saw a nice finger roll in this game as well from him. One complaint I do have about Clax in this one, and it's kind of been a trend over the last week or so, is you don't have to try to go up with every oop. If the pass is a little bit off, you can catch it and come down and go back up. You know, we see him try to do some of these crazy finishes where it's just take the ball down, go back up and dunk it. There's nobody around you. We saw that happen twice tonight. Not the biggest deal, but just a little cleanup for him. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I, I think his his understanding of what they're expecting him to do down there is is getting better because there's times where you we painfully watched him get the ball and just have no chance of putting it in and try to force it he he is tending to pass the ball out a little bit more which i like but i I agree with you like it's getting better it's still there but it's getting better yeah well i think we even saw a drive and a kick tonight which is something that you just typically didn't see it's you know as soon as clax has gotten one or two feet in the paint it's usually he's trying to force that shot up. So development from him is very big and has been crucial for this team all season long. I guess moving to a guy whose development has probably not gone super well this season. Uh, Cam Thomas finished this game with two points, one of three from the field, oh of two from three. I had two turnovers, was a team high minus 18. And finished the fourth quarter, which I thought was actually probably a mistake from Jacques Vaughn. I know some of it was due to you know, Edmund Sumner leaving with a glute contusion and Joe Harris fouling out. But it's been rough out there for Cam. What are your thoughts on him? Uh, well, you and I were in sync because <laughs> I think we were a minute apart on our tweets of please get Cam Thomas out of the game. Um, he it's like I want he's a player that I want to succeed so bad for us because you know what he's capable of offensively. But I keep going back and forth and like kind of being a believer and then going back to what my fears were when we first drafted him. And that was, are you going to be mature enough and aware enough to get out of your own way and understand what is being asked of you and your opportunities to score will come. I I noted something in the first quarter. I know it's only one play, but to me it was kind of important where it's like he played within the system, moved the ball around, and at the end it came back around to him. And just like when we were talking about with Kyrie, where when he played within the system and it got to him and he had to score, the other team had to adjust and he would get a foul. It's the same with Cam Thomas as far as like 
being able to hit the shot within rhythm, it just looked better and it looked like he understood. But then the second half comes and it's it was more his defense than anything <clears throat> at the end of that game. But <clears throat> he's just a player that um, you want to call it low IQ. It, it just it seems like he remembers to play within the system for a moment and then he goes resorts back to if he's still playing in college or high school. You know, yep. I, I think it was Trent Jr. that just uh, had six points six, on yep, him six within like a yeah, within like a minute or and a half or something. Another player hit a three. Like he gave up quick nine points from his defense alone and it, and even another offensive like low IQ like moment at the end. And it was just like, like it, it just, he's getting to that point where, you know, are, is he, I don't want to say he's unplayable like Tess and Dayron at the moment, but he's, he sure he's trending in that direction. That. Yeah, yeah. Especially if like Yuta comes back and Ben comes back and I'm not even going to say, I, I don't, I've been watching Alondis Williams a little bit in uh, G League. Like, is he a guy that gets traded or gets passed up at some point? Potentially. Like, I would feel more comfortable with David Duke Jr. coming in at this point. Yep. I, I That's literally what I thought at the end of this game. I know I think DDJ was out uh, this game, but just him being in that game, you you trust what he can do defensively. And I think that's what really hurts because you have four out of five guys playing well defensively in sync or at least a level of solid. And then Cam, my issue with him is like, he, you're going to make mistakes playing basketball, but it's the effort and the tenacity in which he does not have defensively. And I've mentioned this on other podcasts with Jack is you have to understand where you are, you know, in the pecking order. You're a role player on this team that's coming off the bench. You are not a superstar. You have to do role player things to succeed and play within the offense is one of those things. You know, not taking wide open threes, it hampers the team. And then, you know, going into a worse shot or going into a turnover, it's just not ideal. He he had, you know, Vaughn's given him an opportunity. He closed the previous game as well. And then he closed this game and it was just a disaster. And the minus 18 really felt that way. You could argue that he was a solid component of the Nets blowing the lead and allowing the Raptors to get back in this one. Obviously, it wasn't just his fault, but again, he was the biggest part, though. Yeah, I, I, agree, <laughs> I agree with that. And another guy who I thought was bad tonight and there weren't many nets that were bad was Markeith Morris he was minus eight one of three from the field one of two from three one yeah. rebound but again he's a guy defensively that is just out of sync with the rest of the team and doesn't understand that he's playing small ball five so he's a guy that's intended to help at the rim and it feels like he's always two steps late well and I mean yeah I you know what I don't I don't I kind of like I don't it's hard for me to really bag on Markeith Morris because you have to, you, this is what I expected from him because when, yeah. he, when he comes into a game where he's, I would say protected and they're not relying on him heavily to hold or do something amazing in the game, he, he can pop in there and hit your mid range, like mid range. He can hit some threes. Like there's been games where I'm like, okay, cool. He's given me about what I expect, but I think he's being put into the position right now, and we've seen this time and time again for the Nets the last few years because of injuries. Here's a player that has no business, like, really kind of being in that game more than five, six, seven minutes. I mean, I, yeah. I, if we're being honest, you know? No, yeah, I mean? he's like, a guy you play in the second quarter for five minutes, and then that's it. 
Yeah, like I, th I, I think maybe the way they sold him when he came here that he was going to be a big part of the rotation. But it's like to me, clearly, he is a, a end of the end of the rotation, end of the bench type player at this point in his career. Um, so it's hard for me to really like. I, I think we're getting what what. I'm not surprised what we're getting from Marquis. Yeah, because he he hasn't been as like. Has he had a better Nets career than Paul Millsap? Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not hard to do. <laughs> no, it's not. I know it's not hard to do, but it, it's like, so I, I don't know. Like, I agree with you. It, it You want him to succeed, but I'm also not surprised. But he didn't hurt the team, though, in comparison to Cam Thomas. Yeah. Do you know I, what I mean? Like, he it wasn't as really... hampering as Cam, but I, I think my issue with Markeith is, you know, I, I can accept that physically he's a little bit washed from all the injuries and nothing he can yeah. do about that. It's more of the mental mistakes from a veteran player. And like you said, offensively, I'm cool other than the fact he airballed a layup in this game, but giving you, you know, some of that three point shooting from the big man spot is good, spaces the floor. It's just like, I know there's probably a little bit more in there. It is a tough role for him because he's kind of playing here and there, playing a couple minutes, and he's played small ball five in his career, but it doesn't seem some, something that he's super comfortable doing. No, not at this stage of the career he shouldn't be. And you know, talking about another person, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead of you and go to Seth Curry. Like outside of his five assists, I don't know how he got a plus sixteen. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't That's, know. Like sometimes these plus minuses, I'm like, huh? this one is like, a little misleading for his game. I would say exactly. Yeah, he was one for five, zero for two from three, two free throws, two for two, one rebound, five assists, four turnovers, one personal foul. Now I don't know if it's the five assists and the one person. I I just I don't I don't get it. Right, like it. it he was another guy that just didn't have it tonight. He's coming off like a couple like good games where we're, you know, but this is what I expect from the Seths, the Joe, the Royces, the Sumners. Um, even I'll throw Utah in there. Um, I expect this. I expect them to have a couple good games and then have a game like this, have a couple good games, have a couple bad games. Like, and, and so for me, I don't, I don't go overboard. You know, it, it just would have been insane. I mean, imagine if Seth was playing, like, hitting shots like Joe was tonight. Like, yeah. Joe Twain played 25 minutes. Seth played 20. Like, it, it just, one of these days, those two will sync up, like you and I did on our tweet. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, one day, those two will sync up, and it will just be a nightmare, right? Like, them coming in and out for one another or at certain points in the game. But, you know, it, four turnovers... Uh, you know that does that overall is it is it a game breaker? No, but you know I guess Markeith, Cam, Seth were kind of kind of like the bum, like the 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 downers of the game. But 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 that's the the great thing is that not everybody's going to be hitting. You still had six people in double figures. You still had a majority of the team in a positive, um, and you can afford to have a couple a, a games here and there where like three of your players are not, you know, bummed out that Sumner had to leave because he looked like he was kind of starting to cook up and play within the system. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Can't be perfect all the time. I think Nets fans, uh, at least I'm guilty of it. We, every game we have this over analyzing and we have these high expectations, almost like everybody needs to be perfect every game. And if they're not, it's get rid of them, trade them. He's trash. 
Right? <laughs> yeah, no, it is what, it, you know, that's how it goes. I think when you break down every game and what you guys do on Spaces or the live show and the same thing with Jack and I here, it just gets to a point where you're looking at everything. And I think there's just a higher expectation for Seth, but I will give him a slight excuse. I think the ankle just still isn't 100%. Some days he moves better than others. And I think defensively that really sticks out. And that's where, in my eyes, he's struggling. You know, offensively, he's going to find his groove. He's too good of a shooter. And that's going to add more to the offense. He's also going to find a little bit more rhythm handling the basketball. I think right now he's just a little bit out of sync and making some really poor passes. But defensively is always kind of my concern. You know, being an undersized guy that's not an elite athlete, it's just tough to have those guys on the floor because the way they can be attacked. But talking about a guy who was really good defensively until he had to leave the game was Edmund Sumner. You know, he had a great play on Scotty Barnes, putting the clamps on him, getting the steal, forcing Barnes to foul him on the other end. And, that's the type of defense that can really help kick off these runs. And I think, you know, you mentioned not everybody was perfect in this game, but when you have a perfect quarter like they did in the first, it allows you to make mistakes as you progress and still able to keep a large lead throughout the game. I agree. I mean, the other thing that was kind of enjoyable tonight was watch another team get get the ire of the refs than yeah. us. Like, like, it happened to us, but a little bit later in the game, but... It just, by and large, like, they weren't hitting tonight, which which helped, and we were on. The refs were calling a very, very, very close game. I, I wouldn't, I mean, I'm sure if I was a Toronto fan and I looked at them, I would probably think the refs were being unfair. But like, they did as shoot a net, 30 free throws compared to the Nets' 22, and a um, yeah, chunk of those Nets ones came in the end of the game. Exactly. So it did. it did kind of balance out, but I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I don't think either team really, I wouldn't say the Nets were terrible. Were there a couple, a couple reps like there, I mean, I'm sorry, the reps were terrible. Like there, were there a couple like, you're like, really, you're going to call that a foul, but it, it just. It's hey, always the inconsistencies that stick out. You know, it's yes, like you call the ticky exactly. tack stuff and then, you know, there's a fend off where a guy gets shoved to the floor and then you don't call that. And, you know, some of the end ones were missing this one. Overall, I thought it was okay. I think, like you mentioned, Toronto was very frustrated with their play in this game. And obviously you're going to be upset with that. And that led to some more text for them. And I think that's also just the style of play in which they play. You know, they just play with a lot of aggression. And sometimes that's going to lead to a lot of fouls. And I think that's something they need to accept. It seems like Nick Nurse has never accepted a foul in his life, but that's another story. Yeah, he was. <laughs> it was nice to, yeah. I, you know, it just overall, it was nice to watch another coach and another team of players just whine and complain at the reps and just not be overly concerned by it. But yeah, it, it was one of those games for them. Like, and I just think that, I mean, let's be honest, when you're not hitting your shots, it, it like the other things stick out. And they become frustrating. It becomes really easy to get frustrated. Like you've watched Katie and Kyrie do it in losses and other players on our team where it's like, we're not playing the best ball. We're not moving the ball. We're not hitting our shots. And then here comes the reps, right? And then you start complaining and then it just, it just compounds from there. So it was nice to not really watch the team. Um, I think as this team is watching, it's like, getting it together and and the ball is moving and it looks like they have a system out there and it looks like they're trusting one another um, and, and finding their way as a team, they become less and less annoyed 
with the reps. Yeah, there's obvious moments here and there, but I, I'm I've always been a like liked when a team like yeah, if you get fouled, sometimes it's egregious and you have you have the challenge or we're this or that or whatever and you, you make a stink and then and then they, they wake up. But by and large, I think sometimes team we we as the Nets have just like the Nets have just suffered from getting too much energy putting into arguing with the Nets. And I think that takes away from the effort sometimes, and especially why they give up and why they don't get back in games. So yeah, and physically like sometimes less takes them out minutes. of the play. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. How many times did we see Kevin Durant motioning the guys? Come on, get back. Do this. You know, stop arguing. Yeah, he does complain himself, but by and large, happy with it. Yeah, I agree. Say any other thoughts on this game overall? No, man. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I, I'm not like gonna let this win. We're on a four-game win streak. We did play the Toronto has been getting kicked in the teeth this season with injuries. We faced them when they were down, when they just when they had nobody. We faced them with some players. Like, but I'm I'm excited right now. Like this game just added to a level of excitement that I kind of haven't been able to have as a Nets fan very often in the last couple of seasons for you know all the obvious reasons. But it looks like this team is really getting it together. Um, losing Nash, having Vaughn, I don't even want to get into the Vaughn discussion, but <laughs> he is clearly a better coach. He is like, I will say this. Is he the best coach? Is he the coach we probably want? No. But he is a coach. He is a guy that actually knows how to coach. And when you come from having somebody like Steve Nash um, and then you come and have Vaughn as your coach and you're you're seeing the things that you expected a normal coach to do and just how much the basics have an impact on a squad like this, um, it, it just it makes me feel better. It gives me hope. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think you get just what having I'm saying a guy, by that. Yeah. Like, He's not amazing, but as I've said with Jack before, it's just. He does the small things that Nash didn't do, you know, call timeouts at the correct time, make adjustments to the rotation. Yeah, he makes mistakes here and there, like putting Cam Thomas in the fourth quarter, but all things you can live with. He does. He's a good enough coach to help the Nets. You know, I don't know, maybe win a championship, but at least have a successful season to some extent. So it's and the players obviously seem to like him a lot more. And like you said, I think as Nets fans, you're starting to get a little bit more confident in this team. Four straight wins, taking care of business at home, seven and three in their last 10 games. You know, there's some positive momentum for this team right now. And that's more than we could say for a large chunk of last season. I guess, Saint, before we get out of here, one quick question. We got the reports recently from Ian Begley that the Nets have had some talks with the Hawks about John Collins. Any thoughts on that and what that potentially could look like? Well, we had be a, interested in it. I'm definitely interested, right? Like at the right, I'd be interested what the parameters of that trade would be. Um, I, I look at somebody like John Collins and see where he could fit in, right? Is he 6'9"? Is he a taller guy that we'd want? Because um, my biggest thing was what kind of ball are the Nets going to play? It yep. seems like the, the Nets want to be a small ball team, right? And it seems like they want a as somebody that's going to fit in at the four or the five, right? They seem to like that versatile. You can play both positions. Somebody that can hit a wide open shot. Somebody that um, can rebound, but is not stationary. Because if you do look at the times in this team in the last few seasons, 
they have trended more towards a small ball. And every time we bought in like a bigger traditional center, it hasn't looked good. Granted, you know, DeAndre Jordan, granted uh, Drummond. Marcus Aldridge. LaMarcus. I mean, LaMarcus was different, though, because he could shoot. He could pull. He was a, he was a, a I, I think he's different than the centers that I'm talking about. Like he, do you get what I'm saying? Because it be, his ability to actually shoot and defend at times and actually be out on the perimeter and, and shoot it and make it like kind of fit into what they were trying to do. I just think the poor guy is at the end of his career. He was yep. too slow. I think his, his hip was shot in my opinion. Yeah. Like if he was younger, oh man, he'd have been a, a perfect fit. But John Collins, like I do see a fit, right? Like, you know, he's going to, he's going to average at least seven to eight rebounds. He's going to set decent picks. He can hit the wide open shot. He can run with the team. Like he does seem to fit what this team wants to do. Now, I don't know, um, you know, I guess the, the debate's going to start happening is if, if Joe Harris keeps playing like he did tonight, do you want to get rid of that, right? Like yeah. people, there's a lot of people that are just done with Joe Harris, even if he is playing great, but it's hard not to look at him and go, ooh, wow. Like it is nice having him and Seth Curry trade back and forth who's going to have a hot game and give us anywhere from 15 to 20 points and just hit a ton of threes. Um, I'm not opposed to it. Again, it comes down to what are we giving up to get him? Um, I don't think he is a terrible fit for this team. Um, It's always that, well, you got your Miles Turner crew, you know, (laughs) you got your John Collins. Yes, is he taller? Some people think he would fit better, and some people are like, no, he's trash. He'll get injured. Um, I'm here for it. I'm willing to 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 see what happens with this. Um, I'm not opposed to John Collins coming to the Nets by any means. Yeah, I, th- I think stylistically, like you mentioned, you could see how he could fit. Being a great athlete, someone who can play above the rim, would be successful in transition, has had great seasons rebounding the ball, more so when Clint Capella wasn't in Atlanta. You know, he's had seasons where he's averaged 10 boards. His three-point shooting hasn't been great this year, but in the past, he's been pretty much an average three-point shooter, having the ability to get hot would definitely give the Nets offense more of some some punch. I think defensively is where the question comes in. But is athletic enough where maybe you think he could switch in some scenarios? And then the question becomes, you know, does he fit next to Clax and Ben? What do you do with that whole situation? So I think you definitely look at what the package potentially could be, what you would have to include. But also, I don't think you jump the gun and trade for John Collins, you know, in late December, where you want to see maybe who else becomes available and who might be that perfect fit for this team. But definitely somebody I think you look to consider and someone the Nets have been tied to for a long time. You know, I think there were reports when he was drafted, the Nets had interest in him. He went a couple uh, picks before Jared Allen. He's also a guy that's been tied to them, you know, early in this offseason and, you know, earlier in other seasons. So clearly Sean Marks has some interest in John Collins. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Saint, really appreciate you hopping on. Tell the people where they can find you and all your work. Uh, yeah, appreciate you, uh, Nick. Jack, we're holding it down for you. Next time it'll be uh, we'll get AJ on here. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I do a, a stream on YouTube with uh, with AJ called Nets Kingdom. Um, we're usually there after every game, uh, doing a live show. I stole fact, tonight. <laughs> yes, you did tonight. Like I'm, I, I see. I've become a bit of a, a Nets, uh, like content podcast, like YouTube, like addict, right? Like I'm with <laughs> you, but meanwhile, I'm co-hosting with Spaces, 
in Twitter right now for Brandon and Jay. That's also where I can be found at SaintNet1. Um, and then after this, I'll probably hop into our Nets Kingdom stream. But yeah, I'm usually generally doing that with AJ um, and just jumping around in spaces and, and on Twitter, man. I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it all because it definitely enhances the, my Nets fandom living in California, uh, not being able to be home in Jersey. So absolutely love it. And I uh, appreciate you once again, Nick, as always. No, definitely awesome having you on. You guys do great work with Nets Kingdom. And if you guys are looking for that YouTube stream or you're looking for the spaces, those guys are always in there, pregame, postgame, talking all the time. And Saint's also a great Nets fan to talk to because he's capable of having a conversation. You know, some people are a little rash on Nets Twitter, can go at your head. Saint's a level-headed guy. So make sure you check out his work. Check the buzz on all stream platforms. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.